The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child left in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God of love, open our eyes and ears and stir our hearts that following the example of Mary, we may serve you by selflessly responding to your call. Amen. Amen. And Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed is she who believes that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. In today's gospel, Luke tells us, of a journey and a conversation which definitely defied the conventions of the day. This is, of course, a very familiar story, but let me remind you of a couple of the details that occur just before today's gospel text in the Gospel of Luke. One of them we just sang about, Gabriel's visiting of Mary to tell her that she was to bear the Son of God. He then added that Mary's cousin Elizabeth, who was no longer young, was also with child and was about six months pregnant. Mary responded to the news with surprise by first asking how this could possibly be. But then, then she said yes. She agreed to serve God, saying, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. And so we arrive at the particularly unconventional vignette we just heard. What makes it so unconventional? Well, first, Mary apparently traveled alone to see Elizabeth. Luke does not mention any traveling companions. A journey of about 100 miles, we're told a week's travel, alone, a single woman alone. Second, Luke gives us a glimpse into a conversation between two women. Biblical scholars tell us it is very rare in the scriptures We almost never hear women in conversation. Rarer still, Luke has these two women speaking theologically and authoritatively about these newest deeds of God. Each of these two women finds herself in an unexpected place. Each has been surprised by her pregnancy. Elizabeth thought she was barren and old enough to have given up hope of ever having a child. What emotions would she have been dealing with? Perhaps some anxiety as she anticipated the risks of giving birth so late in life. Perhaps some sense of frustration with how her life was about to be turned upside down by this astounding turn of events. But certainly, wonder and joy at this miracle growing within her. Meanwhile, Mary is a poor teenage girl who was betrothed to be married and now found herself pregnant. Pregnant by God through the power of the Holy Spirit, but also through her own willingness to serve as God's agent. Mary, a poor young woman in a society where all the authority was held by men. A poor young woman who was willing to take on the work God called her to do, even though she risked being cast quite literally into outer darkness by becoming pregnant before she was married. Luke uses the conversation between Mary and Elizabeth to help his community of early Christians and us gain a greater understanding of how God acted in cooperation with humankind through the willingness of Mary to break into our world. We not only learn of Mary's supreme act of faith, we also gain insight into the significance of that act when Elizabeth refers to the child to be born of Mary as my Lord, a title previously reserved only for God. Mary came to Elizabeth, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth blessed her. Of course she blessed Mary's impending motherhood, but the emphasis of her blessing is on Mary's obedience to God. Obedience, from the Latin words which mean to listen and to hear. So Elizabeth was praising Mary's listening ever so closely to God. Listening closely and carefully enough to really get 
what God is asking her to do. And then, and then Mary said yes. And Mary, in response to Elizabeth's blessing, underscores her commitment to serve God in this particular way by joyfully proclaiming those really familiar and gorgeous words, beginning, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And so she became what the Greek Orthodox call Theotokos, Theotokos, the God-bearer, the woman who cooperated with God in order that God, through the Incarnation, could take on human form. Mary listened closely to God's call and responded in the affirmative, and her life would never be the same. It was forever changed. And the world would never be the same. It was forever changed. In considering today's gospel, the biblical scholar Gustavo Gutierrez says that just as Mary's faith has led her to accept God's will, in a similar way, our faith has to become present in daily life as a message of hope in the midst of discouragement, of life in the midst of violent and unjust death. This, he says, is what believing in the child born of Mary means. So how do we follow Mary's lead? How do we hear and respond to God's call? A number of theologians and spiritual leaders have offered suggestions as to how best to do this. The book, Listening Hearts, says God's call may be emphatic and unmistakable, or it may be obscure and subtle. The theologian William Stringfellow says we need to be alert for signs and signals which may appear in the most ordinary places or events. Nora Gallagher, in her book Practicing Resurrection, talks about what she calls the pull, a particular image or question that arises in the mind and will not go away. The spiritual leader Parker Palmer says, God's call is evident when you cannot not do what you're being called to. Rather, you are compelled to say yes. So how can we recognize these signs? I think this kind of knowing often comes to us in our hearts before it comes to our minds. It involves a kind of knowing that refuses to be bounded by our 21st century intellectual approach to life. We may feel God's call deep within our hearts or maybe in an involuntary shiver or the hairs on the back of our neck standing on end. Returning to the book, Listening Hearts, we find a list of questions about call. How can we hear it? What would hearing it mean? How can we help each other hear it and follow where it leads? 
Ultimately, the authors of that fine little book say that the questions cannot be answered in a book. Rather, answers emerge within our hearts as we live the questions in a community of faith. Discerning God's call is living into the questions, open questions of what God is calling each of us to be and do. And sometimes this can be quite daunting and difficult. I know that's been my experience. I have visited or revisited my sense of call to serve God and to follow Christ about once a year for the last 30 years. And what God has asked of me has changed and probably will continue to change. I once thought I could arrive, but you know, it just doesn't work that way. And probably you've had that experience too. I've been called to many things. To be an attentive, mindful mom, to be a loving, supportive spouse, a responsible yet sensitive manager in business, a lay leader in my parish church, a history professor, and most recently, a priest. And God's call of me to the priesthood has been, so far, the most difficult for me to accept. Unlike Mary, I was not initially at all inclined to cooperate with God and say yes to this particular call. I really thought I was settled. I thought that as an historian, I was finally doing what God had called me to do and who God had called me to be. The call to ordained ministry seemed to come out of the blue And it certainly disrupted my comfortable, predictable life. I resisted, but God did not give up. Some have described this aspect of call as demonstrating God's tenacity. But what I sensed was God's stubbornness, for which I was no match. Finally, I saw the futility of resistance I entered into the process that would ultimately lead to my ordination. And through that process, God transformed me and I came to embrace this new call with joy. Did Mary have to struggle and test God's persistence before she accepted her call? Well, no, not as Luke tells it anyway. Luke has presented us with model disciples in Mary and Elizabeth. We are called to strive to follow their examples. Listen to the words of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. You are God's viceroy, God's representative. You are God's stand-in, a God carrier. You are precious. God depends on you. God believes in you and has no one but you to do the things that only you can do for God. Become what you are. Become what you are. What God is creating you to be. Archbishop Tutu is telling each of us 
to follow Mary's example and let God into our lives so that we may be transformed and become more and more fully the people God is creating us to be. Children and heirs of the kingdom of God, God's representatives, God-carers, God-bearers, Theotokos, so that as members of the body of Christ, we may become ever more fully the embodiment of the reign of God in this world. So be it. <laughs>